There's nothing like when a good plan comes together. The problem is, or the problem comes when our plans are just all about ourselves. And if we're not focused on what God wants to do, because God's going to do whatever he wants to do, no matter what we plan. And so if you want to see your plans come together, then they've got to connect with what God wants to do. That's what we're going to see, actually, in the chapter that we're looking at today. And in fact, it's been this way for Joseph all the way through, that uh, Joseph's life has, has taken some very odd turns, but it was because God was doing some special things. And yet we see Joseph being the master planner, and in this chapter we see his plans coming together and yet fitting in with God's purposes. Mm-hmm. Well, this is the Between the Lines. I'm Scott. And I'm Linda. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> But uh, Junior will be back in another, uh, well, be after next week, he'll be back again. But we're glad to have Linda this week with us. We've got some other special guests that are going to be joining us uh, beginning Friday as well. And so I think you'll enjoy that. But I'm just really happy to have Linda here with me today. It's good to be here. And how about if you start reading? We're in Genesis chapter 47. So why don't you start reading? Okay, verse 1. Then Joseph went to see Pharaoh and told him, My father and my brothers have arrived from the land of Canaan. They have come with all their flocks and herds and possessions, and they are now in the region of Goshen. Joseph took five of his brothers with him and presented them to Pharaoh. And Pharaoh asked the brothers, What is your occupation? They replied, We, your servants, are shepherds, just like our ancestors. We've come to live here in Egypt for a while, for there's no pasture for our flocks in Canaan. The famine is very severe there, so please, we request permission to live in the region of Goshen. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Now that your father and brothers have joined you here, choose any place in the entire land of Egypt for them to live. Give them the best land of Egypt. Let them live in the region of Goshen. And if any of them have special skills, put them in charge of my livestock too. Which is pretty cool the way you see Joseph has really gained the admiration and respect of Pharaoh, where that was passed on to the rest of his family. So his family is now being blessed because of the relationship that Joseph had with Pharaoh. Pharaoh Absolute and complete confidence and trust in Joseph. Of his reputation. Yeah, it wasn't just the dreams that he had that he was able to uh, decipher for Pharaoh, but because of the man that he was, and he saw that character. Right, what he had proven himself to be. Time and again, Mm -hmm. we read that the Lord was with Joseph, and then the people around him saw that. That's a great question for us. We know, and we recognize, and we say all the time, the Lord is with me, or the Lord's blessed me. But is it evident to the people in our world, our neighbors, our coworkers, mm-hmm. is it evident to them that our lives are blessed of God, that mm-hmm. God is with us? And I love the fact that they recognized that God was with him. It wasn't something mm-hmm. he did on his own. They recognized God in him. Yeah, and it wasn't even the gods as mm-hmm. the Egyptians would have thought, but they had identified who the true God was. Mm-hmm. Okay, right, and continue. then verse 7, Then Joseph brought in his father Jacob and presented him to Pharaoh, and Jacob blessed Pharaoh. How old are you? Pharaoh asked him. And I thought that was kind of funny in there because I thought, how is the tone? Like, how old are you? Yeah. Or <laughs> But the ancient world, you know, age was something that they honored. So you were yeah. never bashful about saying your age, as in today we honor youth. And so everybody tries mm-hmm. to look younger and act younger. But for them, they honored Lots of That's, years, right. and so he was honored for. It. He was he was happy to tell him his age, and he must have looked a little old too, because you look at the next yeah. <laughs> verse, and it says Jacob replied, "I have traveled this earth for a hundred and thirty hard years," <laughs> and he says hard years, <laughs> hard years, one hundred and thirty hard years. So he probably had to 
to, uh, you know, maybe um, let him know why his face looks so wrinkled <laughs> or something. But, by my, uh, but my life has been short compared to the lives of my ancestors. Then Jacob blessed Pharaoh again before leaving his court. So Joseph assigned the best land of Egypt, the region of Ramses. Ramses. Well. <laughs> Ramses. <Okay>. Ramses. <laughs> to his father and to his brothers, and he settled them there, just as Pharaoh had commanded. And Joseph provided food for his father and his brothers in amounts appropriate to the number of their dependents, including the smallest children. Meanwhile, the famine became so severe that all the food was used up, and the people were starving throughout the lands of Egypt and Canaan. By selling grain to the people, Joseph eventually collected all the money in Egypt and Canaan and put the money in Pharaoh's treasury. When the people of Egypt and Canaan ran out of money, all the Egyptians came to Joseph. Our money is gone, they cried. Please give us food, or we will die before your very eyes. And this is where we actually see this whole plan coming together, because Egypt was had been feeding not just not just their own Egyptians, but also the nations surrounding them. They've been feeding them for all this time. Now they're running out of money, and mm-hmm. but they still need food. Egypt is still going to be their source of food, but now they're also... And so, of course, you can see how Egypt is gaining so much wealth through all of this. That was the the dreams, through the dreams that God had given to... Pharaoh that he had revealed through Joseph was making Egypt a crazy wealthy land. Mm -hmm. But it was also, it was in among that wealth that also sustained and produced the nation of Israel, that they were able to thrive, particularly in those early years before they were enslaved. They were able to thrive during this time and grow and multiply. And then they were strengthened because of the hardship of slavery before Mm -hmm. they went into the promised land. So verse 16, Joseph replied, since your money is gone, bring me your livestock. I will give you food in exchange for your livestock. So they brought their livestock to Joseph in exchange for food, in exchange for their horses, flocks of sheep and goats, herds of cattle and donkeys. Joseph provided them with food for another year. But that year ended, and the next year they came again and said, we cannot hide the truth from you, my Lord. Our money is gone, and all our livestock and cattle are yours. We have nothing left to give you but our bodies and our our land. Why should we die before your very eyes? Buy us and our land in exchange for food. We offer our land and ourselves as slaves for Pharaoh. Just give us grain so that we may live and not die. And so the land does not become empty and desolate. Can I ask you why? Do you think, why didn't Joseph just get handed out to them? Yeah, well, he was also underneath the auspices of Egypt. And I mean, it's a good question because that's what's on my mind here as well. But again, we're talking business. And I don't know how many businesses are willing to do that even today. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's always that, like if we work for something, we feel we have appreciation for it rather than just a handout when it's gone, we come back. Yeah, more. it could be. Um, and it was a harsh time. It was a, mm-hmm. it was a tough time to live. It was a harsh time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that, that's a good question. I don't have an answer for you for that because my thoughts would be, well, at this point, let's just give them the food. So Joseph bought all the land uh, of Egypt for Pharaoh. So they wind up, you know, amassing all of this property besides the livestock and the money and all this land. All the Egyptians sold in their fields because the famine was so severe, and soon all the land belonged to Pharaoh. And as for the people, he made them all slaves from one end of Egypt to the other. The only land he did not buy was the land belonging to the priests. They received an allotment of food directly from Pharaoh, so they didn't need to sell their land. Something else to remember that when we're reading these texts from the Scripture, even where they involve God's people, and that is we tend to want to pass judgment on what is being done and what these people are. And, and I think that there's a, 
aspect of who we are that should do that, that is this right or is this wrong. The Bible isn't doing that. The Bible's just telling us what happened. And so it's not saying, well, Joseph did the right thing here mm-hmm. or that Egypt handled them you know, as a nation. It wasn't even a godly nation that they were handling it correctly. It's just telling us this is what happened, and it was an explanation for how Egypt amassed so much wealth and property and power. So then uh, verse, where are we at here? Verse 23, Joseph said to the people, look, today I have bought you and your land for Pharaoh. I will provide you with seed so that you can plant the fields. Then when you harvest it, one-fifth of your crop will belong to Pharaoh. You may keep the remaining four-fifths as seed for your fields and as food for you, your households, and your little ones. You have saved our lives, they exclaimed. So they're actually grateful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> These people are grateful that, that and because... Had this not taken place, had Egypt not been prepared, had this plan not come together the way it did, all these people would just be dead. dead. They they would never have been able. There was no backup. There was no safety net. There was no way to survive a famine the way we have. You know, we have different farming techniques and lots of, uh, because of what science has done for us, it's enabled us to be able to produce a lot more with so much less. Mm -hmm. Plus, we also have the government assistance which in some cases does enslave as well. And that's kind of what happened here was mm-hmm. government assistance that wound up enslaving people. Verse 26, Joseph then issued a decree still in effect in the land of Egypt that Pharaoh should receive one-fifth of all the crops grown in his land. Only the land belonging to the priests were not given to Pharaoh. Meanwhile, the people of Israel settled in the region of Goshen in Egypt. There they acquired property and they were fruitful and their population grew rapidly. Jacob lived for 17 years after his arrival in Egypt, so he lived 147 years in all. So wow. <laughs> he was this old man. I can die now. I've seen you. He's 130 <laughs> years old. You got another 17, 17 years, years out of it. I'm hoping for another 17 years myself. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so too. Verse 29. As the time of his death drew near, Jacob called for his sons, Joseph, and said to him, please do me this favor. Put your hand under my thigh and swear that you will treat me with unfailing love by honoring this last request. Do not bury me in Egypt. When I die, please take my body out of Egypt and bury me with my ancestors. So Joseph promised, I will do as you ask. And the last verse of the chapter, swear that you will do it. Jacob insisted, so Joseph gave his oath, and Jacob bowed humbly at the head of his bed. It was very important to him. He wanted to be back in the land that was promised to his forefathers, and that this was the Mm -hmm. land that he had taken possession of as well. Mm-hmm. All right, we're going to go now to Proverbs, and so we trust that you, as every week, we you know we say this every day, that we want you to read the entire chapter because it's a beneficial, mm-hmm. wonderful chapter. But Linda, why don't you go ahead and, and it, yeah, it fits, this fits really well with what it we It does. Read. It's a great verse. Verse 21 of chapter 19, you can make many plans, but the Lord's purpose will prevail. And I think we've seen this in the life of Joseph. Yeah. And Solomon was not denouncing the making of plans. It is mm-hmm. wise. I mean, wise people will make plans, but we have to submit all of our plans. And there's other Proverbs that we've talked about that, mm-hmm. that we submit our plans to God, but still make those plans, but we are open to whatever he is going right. to do. Not submitting them for a stamp of approval, but for his guidance. Absolutely. All right. Well, listen, it was great being with you again today. And Linda, thanks again for joining us. You're going to be with us another day. So we'll be here with us tomorrow. And so I look forward to not only seeing you, but also everybody who's listening. Thanks for joining us and see you again tomorrow.